Why have I got possums on my mind? Because if a pastel of possums went to a disco, they would glow in shocking fluorescent blues and pinks. That's not a joke. It's according to the research of my next guest, because under UV light, possum fur absorbs the light and re-emits bright colours. And they're not the only ones. Polar bears, cats, lions and flying squirrels have all been shown to have the same fluorescent quality, according to a paper published in the Royal Society Open Science Journal last month. Uh, It's not a new discovery, but it has attracted a lot of attention recently. And an Australian zoologist has been studying fluorescence in mammals using roadkill. Linda Reinhold joins us now from Cairns. Hi, Linda. That's right. G'day. G'day from the West Island. Oh, g'day to you. What a pleasure to have an Aussie on the show. And um, tell us, did you hear our uh, possum sound effect just then, by the way, Linda? Yes, I did, and I didn't pick it. So well done to your listener. <laughs> yes, well, the possums you deal with are uh, usually some days after being able to make sounds like that because you find them on the road. <laughs> tell, <laughs> tell me, that's right. Tell me about that part of your work. Roadkills are, are pretty unglamorous. Um, it would have been nice to do research in a air-conditioned splendour in a museum with a, a cafe around the corner, but um, <laughs> unfortunately that, uh, that doesn't always work out and you need the fur to be fresh because fluorescence is quite intangible. It can fade out really, really quickly. It only takes two minutes of sunlight to fade it out when we're talking about the pink fluorescence or even in indoor lighting, it'll fade out just in a few hours. So you can't keep it unless you keep it in the dark and you haven't treated it with any preservatives. So looking for road kills, the best time is usually in the pre-dawn. So the roads kind of had all night to collect its kills, but before the, the sun hits it, the blue fluorescence is fine in the daylight. There's a lot of daylight animals that fluoresce blue or greenish, including ourselves. But if you want the bright pink fluorescence, you've got to be out at night to catch those ones. Have you done that? Have you hit it out with the UV light just to see what you could find? Yeah, absolutely. That's how it all started. I was looking for glow-in-the-dark mushrooms and then fluorescent mushrooms. And then when our lockdowns hit because of COVID, we were still allowed out within our region, but we weren't allowed to travel with other people from different households. So I had to go out by myself around the lake looking for fluorescent mushrooms. And because it was so quiet by myself, I started seeing little animals cross the track and they would glow bright, bright in my UV light. And uh, I had never heard of this before, and I thought I was actually hallucinating from feeling the mushrooms. (laughs) Without anyone else there to see the same thing, I didn't know what was going on. So uh, I Googled it as soon as I got home and found that, yes, yes, it had been found in opossums and and flying squirrels. It's, It's all right. It exists. Yeah, and and you decided to stick with it because it's not just the possums. It's all sorts of mammals. Yeah, so I I ran with it and took it to the local university and that's what I've been uh, spending the last couple of years on, um, answering all those questions that that people ask about how prevalent is it across mammal species, is it just marsupials, what's the chemistry, how do they get it? And it's funny, I did a few experiments 
on my own of chemistry and behavior, but most of the information to those questions was already in the literature. It was a case of to the library. So what have you discovered in your travels? What are you most excited about? Gosh, just the intensity of some of the fluorescence still takes my breath away when you uh, find a fresh bandicoot by the side of the road and you turn the, the UV torch on it for the first time. And the brightness of the pink is just so breathtaking. And it's like we never get to see that in nature. You do need the special torch to see it. And just that it's so common when I have looked at live animals and there's a few wildlife viewing places uh, around the, the Cairns Forest where you can see possums quite easily. They kind of all do it. Yeah, the possums, the bandicoots, different species of native rat, they kind of all do it to to some degree. So it's really like an unseen world that we didn't know about before. What is the evolutionary advantage of glowing under ultraviolet light? <laughs> the thing is, it's probably never optically relevant mm. because I guess the, the forefather of all this fluorescence in animals research was a, a German guy back in 1911 and he did you know, humans, rabbits, frogs, all kinds of different animals and, and documented their fluorescence. And he looked at the internal organs as well as the outside and he determined that fluorescence is so common that it's probably not going to have a purpose. In fact, he found the only things that didn't fluoresce was haemoglobin or something that was highly pigmented with melanin. So our internal organs glow as well. And that can't have a visual function, no. can it? So the fact that our, you know, skin and our fingernails and our hair glows, it doesn't necessarily have a function. In the daylight, yes, the sunlight would set off the fluorophores if you had the right filtering in your eyes to see it. Mm. But at nighttime, there's just not enough light to set it off. So you don't think the other animals are seeing it? That's a really good question. There was a great experiment done on scorpions a few years ago where they painted one half with uh, UV paint and, and left the other half plain. These are freeze-dried ones. I may start mm -hmm. by saying they're not live. And they found that on a full moon, flying insects avoided fluorescent scorpions, but not on a moon, a, a new moon. So that showed that nocturnal flying insects can detect it, but they have really specially evolved vision different mm -hmm. to ours. So it's a matter of how much light, I guess, your eyes can let in. And at the same time, it's still got to be triggered. There's still got to be a light source. So, mm. yeah, the, the jury is still very much out on whether there's any circumstances, whether that's uh, enough for mammals and birds. So if there's no evolutionary benefit and, and really um, very few mammals that don't have this, is there any point, I ask this with kindness, Linda, is there any point in studying it? Is there anything still left to find out and discover? <laughs> That's, a, that's another good question. Yeah, the whole field of study may be entirely obsolete. <laughs> um, but you're sticking with it. It may have no visual. 
<laughs> no, no visual relevance. And there's 20 different amino acids in, in hair. There's lots of different little molecules that are in our hair and, and in our fur. And we don't know exactly the, the purpose of, of each and every one, whether they contribute to elasticity or or whatever. But the only kind of new avenue I can come up with is maybe a fluorescent coat is the same as a healthy coat. You know how people mm. look at an animal and say, oh, it's got a shiny coat, it's healthy? Yeah. So that might be the same with fluorescence because there's two different ways, at least, how it can get into the fur. One is from tryptophans, which we need in our diet. We don't produce ourselves. So if we're getting an, enough dietary tryptophans, we've got enough to put in our fur. The other one is porphyrins, which all organisms, even bacteria, produce. And sometimes we have too many of them, so we might be getting rid of them as a, as a waste product. But I guess you want to see if you've got normal levels of these kind of molecules in your fur or in your hair. So it may turn out that they're correlated with health in some way. And they have found this with some species of owl that the the little owls in the nest are more fluorescent if they have a habitat with more food and, and better conditions. So that's a really promising avenue of, of future research. Good work on what you've achieved so far. Excited to hear about the results in your future studies, Linda, and thanks for your time today. Thank you, Jesse. It's been a pleasure. Zoologist Linda Reinholds on fluorescence in mammals.